You are listening to Baseball Zealot Radio. Okay, welcome to the show. My name is Tom Nelson, and I'm coming to you from Urbana, Illinois. This is episode 37, and it is February 5th, 2008. And it is Super Tuesday as I, uh, as I record this. I hope all of you got a chance to go out to vote for those of you who are in the state that is, uh, in voting in the primaries. Today I have uh, I have an author uh, Dan Gordon. Dan Gordon has uh, written along with uh, co-author Mickey, Mickey Bradley uh, a book called Haunted Baseball: Ghosts, Curses, Legends, and Eerie Events. Uh, I thought we have him on to uh, just to chat about the book and and what it's about. Uh, Dan Gordon, welcome to Baseball Zelt Radio. How are you doing? Oh, great, great, great. Well, thank you for having me, Tom. Oh, you bet. Now, uh, the book is called Haunted Baseball. Um, when I, when I heard, when I read over the information about the book and I saw that a Red Sox fan and a Yankee fan got together and wrote a book, I thought yeah, there'd be something about supernatural about the, about the, about the book. So <laughs> tell me about, a little bit about how, uh, how you two got together and, and maybe a little about yourself and, and how you got, how, uh, you know how 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 the the you got you came together and wrote this book. Sure, sure. Um, Mickey and I, uh, Michael, Mickey and I, we both went to Union College in um, upstate New York in, in the late 1980s. And um, back then, uh, the uh, Yankees were were uh, you know you know were weren't didn't, weren't putting great teams together. And so Mickey wasn't really talking about his team much. So I didn't really know. When I first befriended him, that he was a Yankees fan, so oh, okay. <laughs> it certainly helped uh, the friendship to to get get started. But I, I mean, yeah, I'm sure we would have been uh, great friends anyway. And um, uh, over the years, um, you know, I I in the in the late 1980s, I, I went on. I you know, I was a diehard baseball Red Sox nut, and you know, Mickey was named after um, the immortal Yankee center fielder, you know, Mickey Mantle. So. You know, we both had uh, that connection to baseball, and I went on a Thomas J. Watson fellowship and, and um, at the college uh, to study something of my choosing for a year, and I chose baseball to kind of go abroad and study baseball in different countries. And Mickey, um, you know, was very. I decided to to start writing about it, and Mickey kind of got involved and started, you know, giving me advice. And he, he was going to graduate school for um, writing, and uh, and um, you know. That started the baseball dialogue that's been going on to this day between you know he and I. You know, oh, okay. And, yeah. So t- tell me a little bit about haunted baseball. Uh, um, I read the book. I, and I thought it was very interesting. But give me a little. What's behind the book? What What you wanted to tell uh, your audience uh, behind the book? Sure. I mean, it started as a, like a germ of an idea that you know that baseball, you know, with all its history, with all. All the nostalgia in the game, and the fact that you know the, the teams have so much history. You know, a lot of the old ball yards are gone, but you know, a few still are still left. And and you know, but there, there's just so much reflection in the game on the past that there there had to be you know some ghost stories in the game. You know, um, I had uh, done a little bit of writing on on ghost stories um, for a book called Cape and Cows, which was about Cape Cod ghost stories. And and you know, those were all you know really old. Buildings, a lot of history and, and sentiment to them, and I just want you know thought that there had to be something there, even though I 
really had a, hadn't really heard much beyond um, the you know the tongue-in-cheek curse stories over the years. So we decided to um, you know I, I I pitched the idea to, to Mickey and we both thought it was you know great to try to explore explore this and um, so we sent out um, pitch letters to you know different team team PR guys. We sent out a survey to players. We um, contacted the Hall of Fame and Tim Wiles and the library and different people and you know just you know went through you know and basically you know perused through articles you know all of the years and you know did tons of searches and we basically came up dry pretty much all the way and, and we we were just really kind of getting you know we decided to make one last ditch effort which was to go down to spring training um so Mickey went to Arizona and I went to Florida for start you know for a start and and just start talking to players directly, just going to the clubhouse and see if there was anything there. And it turns out that, that, that it is something that, that players do talk about. And, you know, and so basically, you know, it was very common, not, not only players, but, you know, state club, stadium workers and different people. They, in fact, you know, they talk about it all the time in certain places like Yankee Stadium and Wrigley and some of the older parks, but even some newest ballparks and some hotels and, um, other other baseball venues as well, and and so our goal um, in writing it was was kind of to just record these stories that that are out there, kind of the ghost lore of the game, you know that that's there. Um, just re- record what players believe and what you know stadium workers believe. Not necessarily endorse it because you know we're kind of going at it very objectively, but kind of just capture it because it does you know contain. They're interesting stories, and they contain a lot of history in and of themselves. And you know, these are you know, as another way to kind of pay tribute to the game. Yeah, I think that uh, that's what your book really does. I think you your book has a lot of stories and anecdotes going back to, I mean, you know, early 20th century. Um, so you did you 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 did your research into uh, you know, stories, you know, going back to the. the um, I know there's, there's a story from the, uh, you know, from the 19, 19, you know, 1900s back before, uh, you know, the Merkel's boner, uh, you talk about, um, you know, stories uh, from Babe Ruth's days, as well as, you know, current day baseball. Uh, they were just, uh, um, can you, uh, can you relate to the story of the, of the Room 231, which I thought was, you know, kind of an interesting, interesting story. The, of the room, room 231 uh, in the hotel. Sure, you know, um, the, the, you know, as, the, you know, there's a lot of, uh, in addition to ballparks, one of, one of the more common things that players talk about are certain hotels that they stay at. And, you know, they often get into these, roll into these holes, you know, hotels that, you know, if they're, you know, uh, two or three in the morning or in the minors after, you know, the, you know, 10 hour bus rides or, you know, and, you know, so they're pretty worn out, and um, there there's certain places that they 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 absolutely fear. Some places where they won't stay or they'll sleep with the lights on. They won't stay in a certain wing. And one of the famed rooms that players call called the haunted room was a room in in Bossier City, which at the time was the uh, uh, you know visiting team hotel for the Shreveport Captains, which was in the Double A uh, you know league, the Texas League at the time. They're now an independent league called team called Shreveport Sports, but um, the Tulsa Drillers, um, we interviewed several guys uh, that were on that team, and actually in the Texas Rangers farm system in general, that had a series of stories, not only there, but, uh, you know, when they were playing in single A ball down in the, um, 
the Sally League, the South Atlantic League in um, in Georgia. And um, but the, in uh, in Shreveport, the, the, this room 231, um, Michael Young uh, told us a story about he and how he and his roommate uh, Andy Pratt, um, well, Andy Pratt kind of uh, he played, he actually played briefly with the Cubs, but you know mostly been a you know career minor league ball player. Um, pitcher and um at the time he was a prospect and both they were sharing the same room and, and uh and Andy uh supposedly, you know, says that he, he woke up in the middle of the night and he saw something in the corner of the room. You know, they were terrified staying in the room to begin with and there was a lot of hype going <laughs> in. You know, and the, you know, the ball players they try to scare each other and there were a lot of uh you know, name you know, big name ball players eventually on that team, you know, Scott Bednick and uh, Craig Monroe and a whole bunch of other guys that, that were on that team and, you know, they were, um, you know, all kind of having a lot of fun with this idea. But, right. you know, when push came to shove and the lights, you know, they had to turn the lights off that, you know, the guys were kind of, you know, the only way they could, you know, kind of deal with it was to kind of make, make jokes. And, and when Andy Pratt, like, thought he saw something in the corner room that, you know, after that they got up and, you know, Michael Young told us that he, he basically just kind of, Put a shaving, you know, took a can of shaving cream and put a, a crucifix on the on the door to kind of say, <laughs> you know, okay, now are you, are you satisfied? Because I'm going back to sleep. But right. you know, Andy Pratt had a different version where he said that, you know, they um, that um, they both were kind of scared and that they were using shaving cream all over the walls to kind of just have fun. So it's hard That's to know funny. which version is correct and who was, you know, kind of, right. you know, trying to protect their. I'm, their yeah, I'm sure it's. Or, the, it's different depends on who you talk to and who wants yeah. to save face and who you know, who doesn't, you know. <laughs> but it's a, it's a fun story and a lot of these hotel stories are you know they're really right. hilarious and yeah. you know. Um the, the 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 story of uh, of uh, Ellis Burks who uh who apparently likes to uh you know tease the rookies as they come in and uh, likes to uh um just you know, sort of pull pranks on them, you know, and just, I mean, it, it, it's, it's rather humorous, I think. And I'm sure it's very common for, um, for the veterans to, to do this kind of thing. And this is more of just a, uh, an issue of, like I say, you know, the veteran wants to, uh, you know, show the rookies a thing or two when they come in and, 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 uh, it's just more of a, uh, how can we, you know, scare scare these guys in the middle of the night, kind of thing, and and but still, it's it's kind of a, a little funny thing as they, you know, and, and yeah, I'm sure every every team know, do, every team does this, I'm sure, and uh, but uh, but it's kind of funny though. But the funny thing about that though is is that you know even the guys that are committing the pranks that we did interview a lot of them. Uh-huh. They, they actually either had a story or they were kind of believers themselves right. very often. So it's kind of like, you know, <laughs> they're they making light of it, it and, you know, having fun with it and, you know, creating these really funny pranks. Uh, um, but, you know, um, you know, one, one prank, it didn't make this book. Or we're working on a second volume. We'll be, um, where I'll, we'll have a chapter on pranks. And, you know, one of the pranks was um, attaching fishing wire to a lamp. In one of the rookies' rooms, and you know, just pulling it in the middle of the night from up outside the door, and <laughs> you know, giving you know. Right. To, you know. Now, in in your chapter called "Coming Home to Rest," which I thought was kind of an interesting uh, um, uh, sure. chapter, what more about uh, the, the, the death of, of 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 people and 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 um, what what you talked about a little bit in that chapter was. Um, Ashes being spread in in ballparks, and what see one thing I didn't know um, was that 
ballpark, some ballparks, and Wrigley Field being one of them, you know, do allow that to happen as long as it's being done on their terms, as long as you just don't go there with, you know, Aunt Ruth's ashes and, and, and do it during the ball game. But if you, as I, as I understand it, if you contact the park and say, can I do it, they will arrange it for, for you, for you to spread a loved, a loved one's ashes onto the park. I, that, that blew my mind. I didn't know that that, that, that happened. I guess that yeah. for what you said in the, in the book, they, that they really don't want that to be, that, that kind of news to be spread around, but I guess it does happen, huh? Yeah, I mean, the game is, it's so filled with, you know, sentiment and people, you know, you know, they, they, it's, you know, some people want their ashes, you know, spread there, you know, it's the perfect place, you know. Sure. For, you know, and, and, um, yeah, they've had, you know, very, you know, oftentimes the ceremonies happen at night. You talk to the groundskeepers and they really have really interesting stories about it. Right. You know, sometimes they can get a little grotesque when they talk about having to clean it or mow the lawn there afterwards, you know. Yeah, right. <laughs> but, you know, there, there's, uh, certainly, um, you know, lots of stories and, it, you know, and it's, also, you know, fascinated, you know, Mickey and I, you know, just how many people do it, you know, you know, discreetly, you know, and sprinkle ashes and security guards at Wrigley telling us that, you know, that they're always on the lookout for, you know, people leaning over the ivy, you know, to see if they're sprinkling ashes. That's right. It damages the ivy. Sure. Yeah. I guess apparently the ashes are not really that great for for the grass, but so they try to do it on on a warning track. Is that right? Right, right, yeah. A lot of times, yeah. And if it's on the grass, sometimes groundskeepers will come in. And right. Take it that, away. Yeah, that, like I said, I've never heard, uh, I mean, I, I, I've never heard that, uh, that happening. And, and it, I think it's awesome, I think it's awesome that, that, you know, they, they, they allow that kind of thing to happen. That's, that's really cool. Um, yeah. But, uh, um, one of the stories that really, you know, was kind of moved me was, uh, Carl Bean, um, the PA announcer for the, for the Red Sox, um, his dad was a huge Ted Williams fan and had, you know, t- you know, he remembers his first game going with his dad and like his dad like telling him, watch this guy, you know, watch, watch him, you know, he's the best hitter, you know, right. he'll ever be, you know, and, you know, and later on, like Carl actually got to introduce, you know, Ted Williams to, to, uh, um, you know, to his dad and like his dad, his dad passed away. Carl actually, uh, buried his ashes, you know, with the team's permission, um, uh, in front of the scoreboard, um, you know, and went, you know, nine paces from, from the scoreboard, um, and, you know, and kind of in, in honor of Ted Williams. So sometimes it's like very, you know, meaningful, you know, these ceremonies too. So, yeah. Right. I like your, your section on curses. I mean, curses, I think, are, <clears throat> they're, they're, they're part of baseball. I think today I mentioned in, in my blog post that, uh, um, today's society is becoming increasingly cynical and yeah. a lot of people don't, they, they, they hear about curses and they think, though, I mean, that's a, a bunch of, you know, BS and, and, you know, they're, they're just excuses, but you know, in, a, in a way, no, of course, there, there are really no such things as curses, but they, but the, 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 the literary and the cultural, um, uh, place for curses, you know, exist and, and they, they're, they're part of a baseball tradition. You just, you can't just push them away. And I think they're, that, 
um, you know, I, I really enjoyed reading about about the the, uh, the, the curses in, in, in your book, and and I'm I'm a diehard Cubs fan, and I knew all about the uh, you know the Billy Goat curse, but you know again maybe I maybe I didn't because I read, I read your I read the chapter on it, and and there are things about it that I didn't that I didn't know, and that and and for uh you know the reading reading that book was 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 worth it just for that chapter um i just uh, i really enjoyed uh, uh reading that and um but uh uh that that to me that uh, that was that, uh, that that section along was 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 worth it for me well, thank you yeah i mean we we put a lot of work into trying to you know really you know get every angle we could on, on these stories and, and some new angles and, and, you know, um, and just try to, you know, I mean, a lot of it has been written about it and, you know, of course, you know, so we had to, of course, do a lot of reading and, and such, but also, you know, interviewing a lot of people involved in, in, in and, you know, it, and, you know, we were surprised by some of the things that, that, you know, we were told and, you know, by players and, you know, their perspective on it and, and some of the rituals to, to undo the curses were, were just, you know, hilarious and, and, there have been so many over the years, of course, and, and, you know, and it's just, you know, it's a fun, I guess, you know, it's a fun part of, of, you know, Chicago Cubs, you know, lore, you know, and, you know, it's, of course, the losing part of it, I'm sure it's not the most fun part. You know, I'm a Red Sox fan, so I, I went. Right. Yeah, you and I, you and I both have our, <laughs> have our, uh, uh, Parts with uh, curses. Uh, both our teams have had uh, dealt with sure. our, our uh, curses. That's for sure. Um, sure. Have you gotten um, responses or feedback from from players uh, that have been in the book? You know, or both negative or or positive, either one. No, I'm. You know, we're thinking of going down to spring training, and we're, <laughs> we're wondering whether like, you know how players are going to react. Like, give them a book and we, say here. <laughs> You know, you know, we might say something like, "I told you that," but I didn't want you to. Put yeah, it no, in. I'm curious because yeah. you know, because yeah. you know, a lot of it is it's good stuff. But someone, hey, I didn't want you to put that in there. I kind of look like a, you know, <laughs> fool, like I'm chasing ghosts or whatever, you know, because you know, some stuff in there is like I see dead people and I saw a ghost and I was just you know goofing. I didn't really mean to say that <laughs> or whatever, you know. Uh, I was just curious if he had got any sort of feedback from from the people that were in the book. Um, you know, we you know we we interviewed over 800 players and and got you know so many. Not everyone had a story, but you know we we got a lot of stories in there. And I think that you know hopefully most players would would, would realize that that you know they're in good company. You know, in terms oh right. You know, I mean yeah. really credible guys. You know, um, you know, and you know the whole whole Yankee you know, Yankees team, for instance. You know, believes right. in the ghost of Yankee Stadium. You know, and you know to for so many guys to, you know, to talk about it and they back up each other. And a lot of times players would even like point to somebody, you know, if they didn't have a story, they'd say, oh yeah, we don't, I don't, but, you know, <laughs> definitely talk to Jeter or, or right. you know, or, or you know, um, was it like Bill Miller told, was one that told me to talk to Alice Burks about, you know, right. about the Western St. Francis and Coco Crisp, you know. Yeah, you that know, was a good one, yeah. Um, guys, you know, so, yeah and, and, so, and just to understand the, con- the context of the, of the story, you know, it doesn't mean that you're, you know, you're you're into, into the paranormal. It just means that, you know, it was a yeah, it was into the into the context of the situation, and um, you know, I don't think that the 
Oh, it doesn't make that person, you know. A few of the guys, you know, you know, like Grady Sizemore, a few guys, like, said to me, like, after I talked to them, they said, you know, well, yeah, I, I want to know when your book comes out. You know, let me know. Some guys just wanted to know because it is something they talk about all the time. So, like, uh-huh. you know, but to actually, you know, to be able to, you know, to capture, have it all captured in one one book was kind of, you know, the idea kind of, they thought that was kind of neat. Right, right. Know. Well, I wish you the best best of luck with the book. I enjoyed reading it just because I, you know, I'm a huge baseball fan, and, and I enjoyed reading, reading anecdotes. And I, uh, I think that anyone who enjoys baseball or just enjoys, especially enjoys the history of baseball, will will enjoy it. Um, just for the pure context of the book. Um, anything, any last words you'd like to say about uh, what's in the book? Any last pushes you wanna you wanna make about yeah. haunted baseball? <laughs> I, um, I guess if you, uh, we tried to get as many teams in there as possible. So, you know, hopefully, you know, if you're a fan of a certain team, you, there, there should be at least something in there about it. Not every ballpark, of course, has, right. has ghost bar, but, you know, we, we, we tried to uncover as much as possible. And, and, well, know, I should uh, say that the, um, if you want to learn more about it, you can go to, uh, www.hauntedbaseball.com and, uh, once again, the, uh, we're talking to Dan Gordon. Uh, he's the author of Haunted Baseball, Ghosts, Curse, Legends, and Eerie Events. It is also, uh, co-written by Mickey Bradley. And the publisher is Lines Press and, and is the imprint of Globe Pequot Press. I do want to once again wish you good luck with the book. And, uh, I want to thank you for having, for being on, uh, Baseball's Out Radio, Dan. All right, so thank you again for having me. Uh, you bet. Um, this, this has been uh, Baseball Zealot Radio. Uh, if you want to uh, uh, email us and have any questions about the book, or if you want to uh, uh, have any comments about the show, you can email us at v- feedback at baseballzealotradio.com. Uh, you can give us a call. Our call, our call number, our voice, voicemail number is 217-883-4571. Um, check out our blog. Our blog address is www thebaseballzealot.com appreciate everyone who's listening to us Uh, we'll be back probably next week and uh, we'll be talking to you later this is Tom I'm signing off bye bye